0: Welcome to Perth Symphony's Music on the Move, a podcast for you, our audience and followers, to learn more about the concerts you're about to experience or the things we get up to. I'm Bobby Webster, CEO and founder of Perth Symphony Orchestra. Music on the Move is a way to meet our musicians, gain insight into our concerts and catch gossip from behind the scenes all aimed at giving you a much greater insight into the world of our incredible orchestra. Remember, you can join the conversation throughout any concert or at any time, sharing thoughts and photos to Instagram, Facebook and Twitter using at Perth Symphony or hashtag Perth Symphony and keep up to date with all Perth Symphony's activities at perthsymphony.com. To ensure you never miss a note, please subscribe to Perth Symphony Orchestra wherever you're listening from. And why not rate us and review us while you're there? Welcome to Perth Symphony's Music on the Move. Now this morning's guest on music on the move is Sean Tinian and Sean we go back a while don't we We do
1: we do a long while absolutely
0: actually when was it when were you in my class at WAPA I
1: think it was first year which would have been about six seven years ago now
0: yeah a long time ago so we are talking with the wonderful composer Sean Tinian a graduate of the Western Academy of Performing Arts who's now making his way in the world of film and television i yep. believe sean yep. among other things we'll delve into that <laughs> shortly just for the benefit of our listeners give, give us a quick potted history of sean tinian you're obviously a composer but you you probably started as a performer i would
1: imagine yes yeah well i started very young um, age of five um, my granddad introduced me to the piano and um, everything sort of grew from that i started learning particularly film music um and I just I was instantly inspired by the magic that music can do to film, and that's basically how I started writing my own music. I started taking inspiration from film composers like James Horner, and of course Hans Zimmer and James Newton Howard, and um, started to write my own my own little versions of what they were doing. And it's all sort of grew from from that right up to basically what I'm doing now.
0: Fantastic. Yeah. And as a as a composer, you know how how much have you evolved in the in the time that you've been composing? Like when I knew at Whopper, I remember sitting in on a lunchtime recital and hearing a work of yours. You know, has there been an evolution since then or is the, the essence of Sean Tignan the same as it was back then?
1: I think I've always had a set style that I always revert back to, but it definitely has grown since Whopper days. And um, yeah, I'm always, always trying to think of new, new things to compose and new techniques to use. But I think... When people hear my music, they probably will hear an underlining style of writing um, that, yeah, probably would give the Sean Tinian sound.
0: Fabulous. Um,
1: I don't always hear it, but people tell me, so, yeah, it's sort of something I'm a bit more conscious of now.
0: So look, you've, you named a few monster composers as your idols, <laughs> just just because I, I, I love film music. I love how it really hits you, mm. you know, it, 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 between the ribs kind of thing. Um, have you got a favourite piece? Is there one piece that you come back to from from a movie?
1: you probably remember this but i think a question you asked in one of your classes was if there was any film to write music for what would it be and i said braveheart um by james horner and that entire soundtrack just it still moves me now it's the one soundtrack that i first heard when i was probably nine and that's what set everything in motion for me i'd heard that soundtrack watched the film and um that was it i wanted to do film soundtracks so Braveheart definitely holds a special place for me and still remains one of my number Uh, one. Do
0: you know, we'll have to listen to it together sometime. It's fantastic. I literally, there was a tough time I was going through before Mm. I started the orchestra and this soundtrack was part of what made me go, I just need to get back into music. I played it in my corporate job Mm. nearly every day, closed my office door because I had an office back then, listened to Braveheart and the sort of pagan drums and what is the pipes? It's not bagpipes, is it? The- um,
1: it's... Uh, God, I know the, the Irish pipes will be yeah. a particular name. But,
0: Island pipes? Island? Yeah. Oh, sorry to the Irish people listening. <laughs> but, you know, go out and listen to the Braveheart soundtrack and you'll understand why I Sean know. and I are, are raving. It's terrible
1: because I am part, well, half Irish, so, you know, I probably shouldn't <laughs> know these things, <laughs> but I think that's why I have a calling to Celtic-type music and there's a few Celtic pieces on, you know, this new album that I'm bringing out, so...
0: Fabulous, yeah. well, I cannot wait to talk to you about this but look just tell us since Vopper where 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 have you gone what have you done with your composing
1: oh well I've um I started in documentary actually documentary was something I never really planned to get into it sort of just happened and um it's really it's a different area of film completely um I'm still still doing film music but um documentaries like for SBS ABC and like telling life stories and it's It's a very, very different area of composing because you're dealing with real-life people and there's a whole different emotional story going on there. Um, So I've been working a lot in documentaries for the past few years. I'm always bringing out albums onto streaming stores and um, might possibly be getting into the gaming world in the near future. So
0: exciting. And you've done all this while being based in WA? Yes. Do you think that's a disadvantage?
1: Um, Sometimes... It, I mean, Perth, it's, it can be quiet. It definitely has its, its down times. You, know, you start to freak out when you know, the work dries up and you start to wonder, you know, should I stay here or should I go? And then something comes in and you know, I end up staying here and working on it. Um, Perth is great. There's not a lot of composers in Perth doing, there's a few people um, that I know of that are doing what I do, but it's, um, there's not a big chunk of us. So that's an advantage in itself but the work there's not as much of it than you know let's say eastern states or you know overseas so yeah, there might be a move that might have to happen over to Melbourne well, or something we, in the future. Well, goodness <laughs> me, we are going to
0: hang on to you, clutch onto your coattails with all our might, Sean, yep. to have fantastic composers based here. And look, it is possible, you know, Ash Gibson, Grieg and yep. just, to, you know, I mean, there are some fabulous composers, but we've just got to make sure the volume of work happening, yeah. you know, retains you here um, and gives you that. So, Sean, the reason that we're having this conversation, other than the fact we love talking to West Aussie musicians <laughs> on Music on the Move, is because we are going to do a world premiere of one of your pieces yeah. at our next concert at B-Shed in Fremantle, Western Australia. It's on the 25th of March, and the concert's called Sound and Waves, and it's all about the ocean. Now, I called you, A, because we always try and have a West Australian composer, have a work in our Mm. chamber orchestra concerts. But the second reason I called you is because this concert's about the ocean and I do know your style and you do have a short sound. (laughs) And I knew that a lot of your music is incredibly emotional and evocative and that you would have something that would sound like the waves. But as it happened you know, serendipity (laughs) intervened. (laughs) Tell us about the piece that we're going to be doing and the album and...
1: Oh God, I, I think I wrote this piece probably coming up for 10, maybe 11 months ago now and I've always been inspired by the ocean and I've, you know, I've always loved watching documentaries about sea life and all the marine life and, you know, I was seeing all these videos on social media of how, you know, devastating the ocean is at the moment, you know, due to humans and, you know, how we're... Killing off slowly all the life in there, and I just had this strong emotional reaction to it and thought I really want to write a piece that in, you know is inspired by the ocean that um, shows soundscapes that have sort of come from that and um, and anyway, I wrote this piece and released it, and it sort of inspired me to bring out an entire album, um not around um, ocean sounds, but on a more meditation, easy listening type album. And um, yeah, I, I finished the album probably about three weeks ago. Oh, and, good heavens. Yeah, so when you called me about this um, concert, I thought, well, a good time to release the album would be on the night of the concert. So I then raced to get all the tracks finished and yeah, actually sent them off um for distribution about a week and a half ago now so
0: um, mate so yeah. not only are we going to be premiering this stunning work inspired by your response to what's going on in the oceans it's called ocean whispers yes i believe yep yeah. yeah. um and so not only will we give the world premiere at the concert but you're going to be let's use contemporary music jargon yeah. dropping your album mm-hmm. on the night yeah. of the concert will Will there be copies for people to purchase
1: um, I am definitely looking into that. It's quite, it's quite an expensive um, gig because people, sadly, aren't, you know...
0: purchases. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: everything's very... But you
0: can stream it, right? You so can, we can announce yes. and yeah. tell everyone how to stream this album. Yeah,
1: it'll be available to purchase from iTunes if anyone doesn't have access to any Brilliant. of the streaming stores, but it'll be everywhere, Spotify, Apple Music... Well then, that's
0: that's what we shall post on the night yes. but for those people listening who for whatever reason and goodness me why would they not attend our <laughs> concert to hear your amazing work and other uh, other things um you know that they, they will be able to stream it as of that night so yes. where just so our listeners know where can they find you have you got a website
1: yes yes it's sean music.com
0: and that's sean s-e-a-n yes t-i-n-n-i-o-n sean tinion music.com so on the 25th of march let's all jump online and download your incredible album
1: yeah and anyone attending the concert i have got flyers made up that has all the info on there of where to find the album and their website and all that so
0: yeah. So how? So hang on a minute. We we when I sort of approached you a few months ago, you said that you actually started. The, and you know, you literally said, "I said, Sean, have you got something that would fit this program?" You were like, "I have a piece called Ocean Whispers." <laughs> so that obviously was started, but you've clearly accelerated things and been. You know, how long has this album taken from start to finish?
1: Well, I had little pieces that I'd worked on in the past, and you know, I sort of went through my whole library of music trying to pick out stuff that I'd written that would be good for an album like this. So. Uh, It's a 14-track album. I think it equals about an hour and nine minutes worth of music. Um, So I probably had maybe a quarter of that sort of logged somewhere, and the rest of it I've written um, from scratch. Um, I'd probably say, if, if I wrote Ocean Whispers 10 months ago, I probably started working on the album properly about six months ago. So yeah, it it has been quite a quick process. Gosh, that's
0: incredibly prolific of you.
1: Yeah, I I've been wanting to put out a meditation sort of easy listening album for quite a while now. The last album I put out was was back in 2017. So, I've I've wanted to put out something like this for a good couple of years, but yeah. And what
0: do you hope people will feel or think when listening to this album? Particularly, I would imagine they're going to read some kind of well. We hope. I mean, that's the thing actually, Sean, that you miss when you stream something or download it you don't get the program notes Mm. to really see which is why it's such a joy to talk to you now you know to understand ocean whispers was inspired by you feeling quite strong emotions against the devastation that's happening in the ocean people listening may not pick up on that so Mm. what are you hoping that they might feel or take away from this album
1: i i really try to draw on people's emotions with with my music um they you know i'd want them to feel whatever they it's kind of hard, hard to explain. I, it's, I, I do draw very heavily on on feeling. I want them to feel relaxed. I want them to feel inspired to do something after listening to one of the tracks. Um, it's it's sort of a mixture between you know some tracks are more suited for meditation. Some tracks are just you know easy listening to have on. But f- for me, because a lot of people sort of miss film music, you know, people might go to see films and they're aware that the music is there, but they might not, you know, actually put all their attention on the music. Mm-hmm. So this album is, it's a very soundtracky type sound. And that's sort of me saying, right, there's no film here, it's just music. I want you to completely pay attention to the music, you know, close your eyes, listen to the music and just sort of let your mind wander, you know, see what you end up feeling. And yeah, it's all a bit of experimentation, really, just see what happens when you listen to the album.
0: So you said, <laughs> I love this and, you know, and I've actually I, I've actually been privy to a few tracks, so it's just <laughs> fabulous, but when you composed, Sean, you mentioned that you started life on the piano and I would imagine that still a lot stems from you sitting down yeah, at the definitely. keys, would I be right? Yeah. But this particular piece that we're performing, um, we've got some live elements, but there mm-hmm. will also be some recorded. And I love that you're including electronics in this add texture and scope tell us a bit about how you go creating that or mixing that with live instruments
1: um well i whenever i start a piece i try to i figure out what sound i want to sort of bring across in it and i do create my own soundscapes mixed with you know other programs that i've got and um it's it's quite, you try to not put the electronics and the sound tape sort of into the background and bring all the live instruments out. I really try to give them all an even touch. I want everything to be heard evenly. I don't want anything missed out. Um, so, but but I do also, when you're listening to the piece, I want you to get that sort of surround sound feel that you're sort of surrounded by the ocean and you've got all these live instruments sort of coming in from different places and um Yeah.
0: Yeah. I cannot wait to actually hear this <laughs> live come together, it's yeah, super me too. exciting. It's exciting. Yeah. Um- you know, Sean, you mentioned, and I would, would always ask that, the class of students at Whopper. so for those listening who don't know what I did at Whopper, it's probably an oxymoron, right, Sean? I tried, <laughs> yeah. I tried to teach business skills to mm. musicians for 12 years. And they
1: did help me, I'm just saying, it definitely
0: <laughs> helped. <laughs> Rule number two, don't ask, don't get, there you go. <laughs> yeah. um, um, but, you know, I would always sort of say, because I think a lot of musicians kind of just hope that their career will work out, and yes. um, just know that they like playing music, but never really kind of go, oh my God, what would my dream? gig be? What would my absolute pinnacle be? What would that feel like? What would it look like? Who would phone me? You Mm. know, who would that phone call be from? Um, Has that changed at all? Like now knowing what you do, you know, and you mentioned that you might get into games, that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. If you were to have a really fabulous phone call, this afternoon offering you something that really makes you squeal when you put down the floor, put down the phone and, you know, run around on the floor shaking, what would that be?
1: Oh God. You know, it could be anything from a Netflix drama series, it could be a big Hollywood film. It's, I mean, when I was at Whopper, I would always say, yes, Hollywood, Hollywood, Hollywood. And it still is, you know, I definitely would um, love to see my career take me as far as that. but, you know, now with films changing and, you know, everything seems to be, again, online, everything's going to Netflix and Stan and Apple TV. And there's so many big drama series and drama films coming out onto all these platforms. And again, all the big composers that are in Hollywood are now doing all this. So for me, it would be just as amazing to get something something like that. And, um, yeah. Yeah. So
0: the difference in writing, and you know, I'm going to be a bit ignorant here, you'd think as a musician, I'd know all this. The difference in writing for a TV series or a film or a documentary, rather than being commissioned to write a work, is you don't sort of structure it with a start, middle and end in mm. the same way, because yeah. this music sort of has to drop in, pick up a mood, and then move on to something else. Yeah. So is it quite a different, you know, do you write in three minute chunks? I mean, <laughs> do you ever get to write a 15 minute piece for a TV series?
1: Um I can't say that I've written one that long yet but I'm I'm sure the day, the day will come but um no I mean a- any scene can be different you know, sometimes you can get a 9 minute scene sometimes it can only be 30 seconds you know just a little little hint of music but I always like to start with a theme um a main theme for the film and then draw the entire soundtrack from that theme doing variations of it and having it drop in in certain points for different characters and it it's very very different for to writing you know for a concert piece um you know you sort of have this whole hour to work with and you you know you have first of all you have to start off with music spotting which is you know watching the film from start to finish and sitting down with the director and figuring out where music needs to be and where music needs to not be you know it's equally as important to figure out that you know music shouldn't be here because you know music can sometimes not be the best thing for a scene so it's like a hidden skill. You have to figure out, OK, I don't think music should go there. You know, it's a, a composer's You know, first thing to do is write. I'm, you know, I obviously want to write music for every possible minute in this film. Um, but sometimes, you know, there could be a good 20, 25 minute chunk out of an hour that doesn't need music. And that's all down to the director and the producer's, you know, um, mindset as well. Um, but yeah, it is part of the, of the job. To,
0: yeah, how interesting. So you, yeah. you get to see stuff well before the public
1: <laughs> Yeah, sometimes does. about eight months before. It depends how long the production goes on So for. is
0: there something that you've worked on, and I I'm sure you can't give it away, <laughs> that hasn't yet been seen by the public eye, but you think, yeah, that's really, really good. You know, not just the, the film and the music.
1: The, yeah, well, I finished a series called Secrets of Our Cities for SBS. I finished it in June last year, and the first episode was played last Sunday. So it's only just gone to broadcast I'd actually almost forgotten about it. I thought, oh my God, I forgot I'd done that because it was like nine months ago. And um, there is a couple of things coming up this year. One I can say, it's called From Sky to Sea. It's a 90-minute feature documentary produced by Sea Dog TV International. And it's about um, a guy called Jamin Hudson, who um, is well known for all his drone images and um, always been his dream to dive with great white sharks and um it's that's basically all i can say at the moment but it's it's a fantastic i think it's gonna be a fantastic film and there is another one coming up that i can't say anything just yet i only had the meeting last week so yeah there's some exciting things wow
0: that's i I just love the thought that we can sit and you know, in our landrums and listen to you, like, this is just incredible, Sean. Yep. See, we're not, we're not going to let you go. Anybody else, who <laughs> wants to come and help me handcuff Sean and, you know, the last thing we would want to do is curb your career. So, you know, you must go, but you must come back. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I'd just love to ask, you know, composing must be fairly intense. And I often think, unlike, you know, viola practice, which I still occasionally do no fairly regularly actually um but I have something in front of me all the time so it's blatantly obvious what I have to do mm. I can just sit down and practice there's the music there's the pieces that's the concert I've got coming up for you you are starting with a blank piece of paper mm-hmm. you've seen some vision or in the case of this album not I yeah. mean, sometimes album. I never get
1: the vision for a little while so.
0: <laughs> and Ooh. you've just got to pluck stuff from thin air I mean do you literally just play a note on the piano and then play another note and see where it takes you or that's
1: yeah, sometimes that's pretty much how it happens. It's a very, very hard question to answer and I struggle with it every time. It all depends on the film I'm doing or the documentary I'm doing and I sometimes I can go, you know, a month or so without seeing any footage. I sort of just get the script, I get an idea for it and that's it. You know, and I like you said I do have to pluck ideas out of thin air and hope that one of them lands with with all the important people. And um then I sort of put that to the vision when I get it and sort of start to mould the whole sound. See, I so. think
0: we should install a little cam <laughs> in, in your studio. It's and, actually crossed
1: my mind. And, you know, so. watch you
0: receive some <laughs> vision or a brief or something for the first time and watch you put those first notes down and then fast forward to actually us sitting in our lounge room watching and just see how that whole process evolves. Because for me, it's just such a remarkable journey and watching you flesh out the music and then have to edit it. Have you ever had to chop a bit of music that you love because it just doesn't fit?
1: Oh yeah, definitely I have done. Um, There was a a series that I did called A Stargazer's Guide to the Cosmos back in 2018 for ABC and the whole one hour documentary was done, all the music was there and I got a call on the Friday morning saying we're really, really sorry but all the scenes are now moving, they've all been swapped around, like the music's fine but they now need to fit the new scenes. And one piece of music just wasn't fitting this new scene, and it was such a shame, so I basically decided to write a variation of that piece that had to be taken out, but it was now, it was similar to what I had to take out, but it now fit the new scene, so I sort of got to keep it. It was just a little bit different. And yeah, I had till Monday morning to, to rework a whole one-hour soundtrack, so <laughs> Oh my God, I, I don't know how I did it. I don't remember eating or sleeping much, but um, yeah, it paid off.
0: And you work from your a, a home studio, I would yes. Im- imagine. So you yep. you have a room set up with lots of screens, sort of couple yep. of keyboards and off yep. you go. Yeah, probably
1: too many screens. Not good for my eyes, but, you know, <laughs> you need them.
0: <laughs> and, I mean, do you think, I mean, because obviously composing now, what a different way than, you know, Mozart with a quill and a piece of oh, paper absolutely. at a desk. Like, you have got technology, mm. you know, you can bring orchestral sounds into your home, so that's obviously a huge advantage.
1: Yeah, definitely, absolutely, because a lot of budgets for TV and film, the, the budget just isn't there, unfortunately, to bring in an entire orchestra, which, you know, would be amazing, but you have to sort of go with more technology these days and Mm. you know sort of bring in more solo artists to play over the top which is something I like to do I like to create a bed of music and then bring in some solo musicians and have them play over the top to give it that sense of realism and it's amazing what that can do just having one or two real instruments on top of this world that you've created and yeah, I can give a oh, whole. Well,
0: you'll meet a lot of Perth Symphony musicians at our next <laughs> concert, Sean. So maybe, just maybe, you'll well, be able to. Well, this
1: upcoming film that I can't quite speak of yet. It's um, it's in my plans to draw on a lot of musicians. So
0: fabulous! Well, yes. I know that they'd absolutely <laughs> value. And Sean, look, you know, it's it sounds like in a way so glamorous. You work for all these big films and documentaries and TVs, and you can see your work on the screen and all this kind of stuff. But you know, there must be some pretty tough times too.
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, definitely, you know, like, like I said before, Perth's can be quite slow and, you know, you sort of start to, you second guess yourself sometimes, like there's ne- never a doubt in my mind that I'm, you know, I'm definitely doing the right thing and I'm definitely, you know, following my career and there's nothing else I'm ever going to do, but it doesn't stop you from freaking out a little bit, you know, and you know that your next gig isn't for another month or two months and you, know, you sort of have to make do with what you've got and and that's why I'm starting to delve into more corporate commercial TV work because it seems to be a lot more ongoing. Sort of in the background, you know, it's not, it's not really gigs that, you know, you've got this big score that everyone's going to hear and you get to release a soundtrack. It's um, more like a, a week-to-week day job type thing. And, um, you know, which is good. You know, it's good that they, you know, they're still using composers for those types of things because it's very, very easy to go down the library music road and just you know take music that's already there and sort of cut out the composer's job so
0: which just shows actually how important music is it is because you're right you could go and pick a library thing but it won't exactly hit the emotion whereas yeah you bringing you know you're looking at this going i know how to make people feel or react Mm -hmm. to this scene or movement or moment you know which That is the point and purpose of music. It's the
1: problem a lot of directors face. You know, they, they sort of go with library music to give themselves an idea of what they're looking for. And then they will go to a composer and say, this is the feel that I want. Brilliant. But we, you know, obviously they haven't got a composer to say, oh, can you just change that part at 25 seconds in? You know, it's library music. It is what it is. It's stuck there. And also a lot of library music has been used over and over again in different productions. So, you know, you'll watch a film and think, oh, that soundtrack's been used before and it just takes away the individuality of the production, takes away a bit of the magic. Oh well, that music's been used already, so it's all I think it's always better to go with original music. I mean, of course I'm gonna say that I'm a composer, but You know, I think a lot of people...
0: I think it's absolutely Yeah,
1: I mean, library music serves its purpose, but I don't think it should really be used for an entire soundtrack.
0: Totally. Well, look, for all the nerds listening, um, you know, for those people, and, you know, my partner is one who does the continuity thing going, oh, look at that plant pot. That wasn't there a minute ago in that scene. (laughs) I, on the other hand, do not notice a thing so I probably you know in, but oddly enough I think musically I might notice more as mm. in you know my I obviously I'm quite an active listener because I'm a musician but yeah. maybe the nerds out there you know can post on our Facebook page if they've heard something used in two different soundtracks I'd be very
1: interested to <laughs> just, see if they have yeah, yeah just so
0: we can see what people's recognition is like yeah. and Sean just before I let you go um and you know as I say we cannot wait to see you on Wednesday the 25th of March at Bee Shed in Fremantle where we'll be <laughs> giving the world premiere of Ocean Whispers, but launching this entire album. What's the name of the album, by the way?
1: It's called An Everlasting Serenity.
0: An Everlasting Serenity. You know, it sounds exactly what I need (laughs) at the moment, Sean. (laughs) I think Um, a lot
1: of people need it these
0: days. Absolutely, I think you're (laughs) going to hit the nail on the head with this beautiful thing. But look, when you're not composing, where can we find you? Where will we bump into Sean Tinian?
1: Oh, well, you might find me on the Mailands coffee strip, having a coffee with my laptop, Um, you know, but I'm... I'm, (laughs) Even when I'm not supposed to be writing music, I'm meant to be taking a break, I'm writing music. You know, it's something I can't really take a break from because I just love it so much. You know, I don't really see it as a as a job. I think a lot of musicians and composers would agree with that. You know, it's loving and enjoying what you do is definitely half the battle. And um, yeah, I'm mostly in my studio. I'm a little bit of a hermit crab when it comes to music. I sort of just try and delve into it. And before you know it, 12 hours have gone by and I probably haven't had enough meals. But you know. It's what
0: I do. Oh, it's absolutely wonderful, Sean. And it's clear you love it. And When when Mm. anyone listens to your music, you can feel that care and just pure joy. So for those who are coming to our fabulous concert in a couple of weeks' time, they will absolutely get to experience the birth of this amazing new work that you've written, Sean. Yeah, I really hope people enjoy it. Thank you for the honour and the prestige of letting (laughs) her symphony orchestra play it. Sean Tinian, thank you for joining me on Music on the Move. Thank you for having me. Sound and Waves takes place at Bee Shed in Fremantle on the 25th of March 2020. Special thanks to our concert partner UWA's Oceans Institute and event partners Fremantle Ports, Voyager Estate and Gage Roads for making this concert possible. We'd also like to thank the Wright Burt Foundation for their support of Perth Symphony's Heritage Series. A huge thanks to our Foundation partner AHG sustainability partners Minderoo Foundation and Tim Roberts Giving and Platinum Partner Programmed. The support of these amazing organisations helps the orchestra do what we do best every day. Thank you for listening to Perth Symphony Orchestra's Music on the Move.